I think a lot the given stereotype of Asian women is that they're we're timid and we're easily manipulated and we often get talked over and we are often not heard. If I was given the opportunity, it just makes sense that I share that with other people who have been waiting. And I live for moments like this. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Vicarious, a podcast that dives into the creative minds of me, Alex Scott, and me, Karen White, and anyone else who will talk to us. And today that person is Amanda Sum. Juno-nominated Amanda Sum assimilates elements of indie pop, jazz, and alternative folk into her eccentric and genre-bending sound. The vocalist, keyboardist, guitarist's idiosyncratic work freely traverses music, theater, and performance art, engaging diverse audiences and championing underrepresented artists. Amanda's debut album, New Age Attitudes, has been covered by CBC, Exclaim, and the Vancouver Sun. Reflecting the themes of the music, this record was created by an all-female team and played by a six-piece all-Asian girl band. Amanda's music video, Different Than Before, was nominated for Music Video of the Year at the Junos and won the South by Southwest Music Video Jury Award. As theater replacements collide her artists in residence, Amanda developed an experimental theater version of her album. The piece, New Age Attitudes, Live in Concert, is part pop-up book, part performance. It premiered at the Colch in the spring of 2023 and has tour dates set for 2024. Described by Stir Vancouver as endearingly quirky at face value with surprising emotional depth, this show brings together Amanda's theater making and music practices. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much Yay. for being here. <laughs> Such an exciting couple of years for you. It's like, yeah, yeah so amazing. Yeah, mm. it's really rolled along yeah <laughs> it's funny hearing your bio spoken out to you. i bet like, <laughs> yeah well that's not, not to i mean it's a pretty impressive bio i was just gonna say yeah, yeah. <laughs> before we dive into all of your amazing creative projects what is one creative thing that you've done this week well, it was just my birthday, so I had... Yay. Oh, thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Another Virgo. Another Virgo. Ooh. Wait, who else is Virgo? The cats and me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the cats. Wait, first all billing. three cats. Oh, no, all, all, three, <laughs> all three cats. All three cats. I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When's your wishes? birthday? September 17th. Oh, coming up. Yeah. When okay. was your birthday? September 4th. Oh, nice. nice. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, Happy wow. belated. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Do you feel older um no <laughs> to, to quote one of your songs i think i'm probably gonna get these lyrics wrong but Go for it um, <laughs> i think i know what you're sometimes i feel my age or feel older than my age and sometimes i need to be cradled sometimes i'm older than i am sometimes i need yes. to be cradled yes. Yes. yeah yeah so i don't feel the same one. absolutely nice <laughs> Sorry, anyway, I, I my, derailed it. So it was recently your birthday. It was recently my birthday. So for my creative thing, I had two birthday events. Oh, One wow. was an engagement-themed party. Oh, did you? Wow. But I didn't get engaged. I just wanted people to, <laughs> to dress yeah, how up. Do you, yeah, oh, okay, how do you, how do you make that the theme? <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, you have a sign that says engagement. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then people just dress up. <laughs> yep. And then I created an activity called Proposal Proposals in which I had people anonymously write down how they would propose to me. Oh, <laughs> I love this. And then That's I read amazing. them all and tried to match it with 
with who, who wrote it. Oh my God, that's brilliant. Thank you. Did you come up with that all by yourself? An hour before <laughs> the party. Whoa. <laughs> I love that. You're like, this needs games. This, this needs, needs, well, see, I don't like games, oh, but okay. activities, sure. Okay, mm. where's, wait, where's the line between <laughs> activities and games? See, I feel like it becomes a game if there was a winner. If I were okay. to, ch- if I were to pick whose proposal I would actually go for, then mm. that's like that's mm-hmm. a game, right? Right. But an activity okay. where I'm just reading them out and seeing and trying to match it, right? No winners, no, no losers, winners, no just losers. fun. That's an activity. <laughs> okay, okay, I, I like that definition. <laughs> for me, what came to mind was participation versus competition. Mm. Yes. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. I like that. That's a good definition. We've sorted it out. We difference sorted it between out. an activity and a game, folks. <laughs> good. And for your <laughs> listening pleasure. <laughs> Just if you're so unsure. That, you okay, said that so was one that, of two. That's one of two. And then the second one was household helping. So this is this is where I feel like is my creative thing of the week, where I had people come over to help me paint my bathroom. Oh. for my birthday <laughs> that is so funny All I've been of wanting been... to paint my bathroom for a long time and I thought this is the time and so now bring some friends together paint my bathroom not to be obnoxious but like this screams like Virgo and I'm energy <laughs> and I'm wondering if you have like with the proposal thing and like yes. everyone proposes to me yeah I don't know if you're like into astrology but I'm like do you are you like a Leo rising like I'm not a Leo rising but I see where see yeah I wanted it as an engagement party, but not all about not all me, about, right? But like everyone's engaged. Yeah, <laughs> it's everyone's <laughs> engagement party. Just, just, we share the love. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I gave that. everyone a little ring. It's Aww, every you know that's we're really all engaged. Cute. Cute. Yeah. To each other. To, to each other. other. <laughs> but now my bathroom is a color that I want. What color? Well, it's white with a accent wall of purple. Oh, oh that sounds wow. nice. Yes. Oh, that's the lovely. wall that you see when you're sitting on the toilet. That's important. <laughs> that's the wall yeah. you need. Yeah. 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 You don't want it to be the wall behind you. No. What's the point no, of no, that? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you plan birthday parties for yourself every year? Like, I've, are you big on? I've only started when I when I turned twenty having those. Okay. Like I, I would, guess before that, your parents kind of just. Well, that, maybe well, not. I never, maybe not. I did, <laughs> up until you're 20. <laughs> I think of the last time my parents bought me a birthday. I'm like, that was not. Yeah, that. when was that? <laughs> I remember my 12th birthday being planned by my parents. So I think that might be the last one for me. 12. 12. What was it? It was a cool one. My mom took my friends and I to a recording studio. Oh, yes. This is a yeah. famous, this is a, of the, a of the, Car- the Karen oeuvre <laughs> of stories. This is a famous one. I've seen photos. I might have even seen the CD. Oh, yes. I what still have the record? CD. What did you record? So it's like a whole package thing that you get, right? And they give you a list of a bunch of songs that they have karaoke kind of tracks to that you can sing. And I think I picked... Well, I know Summer of 69 was on there. Amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. A bunch of 12-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. It's actually horrendous. Yeah. I, Vancouver's own oh, Brian yes. Adams. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? I was like, keeping it, you know, keeping it local. Yeah. Um, support local. Support local. <laughs> don't we not like him anymore, though? I don't Do know. Do we not? Do we not? I maybe? think he said something 
not good during COVID about oh, Asian people. I'm pretty no. sure. You know okay. what? Which was a shame. That is a shame. He is Vank of Vancouver. I was just going to say, like, yeah. I expect more. Yeah, I would expect more. Yeah, come on, Brian. Brian, yeah. I did not sing your song at my 12th birthday for you for to this. go around and do that. Uh-uh. Wow, that's disappointing. But <laughs> hopefully, yeah. My, hopefully that memory won't be tainted for me now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's, it's not your fault. It's bra- blame He's it on gonna, Brian. Yeah, blame it on Brian. I don't remember the other song, though. It was something really random. Oh, it was a Michelle Branch song. Mm. It was... Not sure. Oh, yes. Was it that one? Oh, I loved that song. Yeah. Oh, me too. So, so you and your friends record it. Yes. You go into the studio. No, first you come up with a band name. No. What was it? We were Blue Steel. I think I just seen Zoolander. Like I think that was the inspiration. Love this. But you come up with a name, and then you take your cover art photo and they get you like to pose and they take a photo did you of pose, you like, like i stood with my arms did you wear did you like, plan outfits yeah and you know what was really sad was on the way over one of my friends got car sick and threw up on herself <laughs> <laughs> and so my mom went to the th- like thrift store nearby and bought her some clothes Oh and so in the photo, God. we're all like wearing our cool clothes and we feel awesome. And then my poor sick friend is there in like this thrifted outfit that my mom like didn't, you know, did yeah, not plan. She's in a rush. Yeah, 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 it's just like oh. put together. So, and she looks so ill. She also just looks <laughs> like green. so sick. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's, it's really sad. I'm yeah. crying, but out of yeah. uh, laughter. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite something. Oh, but really uh, you take your photo. And then you go into the studio and you record your songs. And then at the end, your friends stay in the studio. You go into like the mixing room and they sing you happy birthday. And that's also on the oh, CD. And it's pretty cute. And then the party. I know. That was a good, good We'll have to do that party. next year. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. all four of yeah. all, <laughs> like, all, all the Virgos. Yeah. Yeah. Two cats, two humans. Yeah. Sure we'll dress them up. Karen They'll get will facilitate it. We'll dress them up. They'll get car sick in the car. We'll yeah. do a quick thrift store run. Yes. I don't know if we have to make it exactly. No, no, we do. Oh, okay. We have to yeah. make it exactly. Mm-hmm. Guarantee it was one part of them of the will throw up the in the day. car. So. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty good. Pretty good. Oh my gosh. Anyway, this is your creative thing yeah. of the week, yeah. but that was my creative thing of 18 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, technically, that was Bev's creative thing because you were saying the last party that your parents. That's planned. true. Oh. I mean, I did. I did ask her technically because oh, okay. another friend of mine did that first, so that wasn't that. Oh, okay, so was... I I just missed that party, and so I really wanted to do it. Oh, so. uh, but anyway, Wait, was it here? Yeah, it was in Vancouver somewhere. I have no idea. I don't even know where we went. I don't know what it was. We should be calling up recording studios to see if they still <laughs> if they do have them. a but birthday, for adults. If for adults. birthday for, packages. Yeah. As like three people who actually go into recording studios I professionally. Think that, yeah, I think <laughs> there's, there's some comedy in that for sure. <laughs> that would be amazing. All right. Maybe for my 32nd birthday, you know, it's yeah, like yeah, 20, 20 year, years. 20 yeah. year anniversary. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right, this is in the works. Something work. to 32. look forward to. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> All right. Should we? So your creative thing. Yeah. Was, was painting. Amazing. Was painting. I mean, I think the proposal, <laughs> the engagement theme, leave. like that's, yeah, that's all very creative. And that's awesome. Because I have a really hard time as an adult throwing myself birthday parties yeah. or like, I want to do fun things. It's hard. But it's hard. It's hard to commit to that and then get everyone else to commit to it I know. As, well. as someone who is like in the midst of yeah. trying to do that. I mean, to be fair, I kind of thought about throwing something for myself a little bit, not totally last minute because my party isn't or my birthday isn't until next weekend but I was like I guess we should go out for drinks or something (laughs) I Uh, guess I guess (laughs) so I don't know it's just like I'm so impressed by like the activity Mm -hmm. and the and the forethought you know like a theme yeah because mine's just very much like hey you want to come for drinks yeah the theme (laughs) is showing up showing up (laughs) exactly yeah yeah it feels a little bit a little bit strange as like someone who's entering into her mid-30s I feel like 34 Mm -hmm. is officially mid Mid. you are hitting Mm -hmm. the mid is it is it not once it's once it's the five. Well, here's how That's I like here's how midest. I divide. This is yeah. That is the midpoint. So on either yeah, side, yeah. right? So early thirties is thirty to thirty three. Mid thirties is thirty four to thirty six. Maybe halfway through thirty seven, and late thirties is like thirty seven to four. Well, to thirty nine. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. that's I've, I've given I, a lot of thought yeah. about this. Thirties is like a because <laughs> once a you're in your thirties, you have to really you have you can't you just be re- in thirties. No, you're like no, no. no early thirties. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're really holding on to that early thirties yeah. for yeah. as long as possible. So yeah. until next week, I'm early thirties. <laughs> yeah. I think you can still swing it. Yeah, yeah. You could still you early mid thirties. Yeah, early mid. <laughs> yes, you are early mid. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So All right. Okay, Alex. What's your creative thing of the week? Okay, so my creative thing is very simple. I wrote a song. Yeah, that's kind of it. There's really not much to say about it. I wrote a song. I was going through a little bit of a hard time. The song was therapeutic. I think it like brought me back to remembering like why I started writing songs in the first place. There's really as like a, a way to like catalyze my feelings or actually feel my feelings. That's something that's pretty hard for me. So this song, even though I I doubt it will see the light of day after a couple (laughs) of weeks, like, you know, it might not, it might not last. It might not be something that I work on or perform. It definitely was just for me, but it, it really served its purpose of like trying to catalyze like a painful situation into something that feels or something that allows those like feelings to like move through you rather than just kind of sitting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to so, do something. Yeah, and them. even just performing it and like practicing it, like performing it for myself, singing it for myself, feels very therapeutic. Yeah, so that was my creative thing. It was pretty, pretty short and sweet, pretty simple, but very creative. Love that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's nice to have those ones where you where you kind of know that it's just for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, because I know, I think for you too, after like listening to your album, you definitely write from a personal place mm-hmm. and, and I do too. And sometimes those songs that are deeply personal, especially if it's about a circumstance that's difficult, it can be really hard to share because it's so mm-hmm. raw, but not shying away from going there, like allowing yourself to go yeah. there and just knowing that it's a safe space for you. This song can just be for you and it can it can live out another life if one does want to eventually share it, but it can just be what it is, live in that artistic process. Anyway, I'm kind of rambling here. I was like, it's just going to be short and sweet. And they're like <laughs> talking for 
<laughs> minutes on minutes, but yeah. No, I think I think that's that's nice what you both said. I think it's important to have that space and being a professional musician can make it hard to have that as a release, right? Which is probably why you started music in the first place, yeah, right? Exactly. You fall in love with it and you do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you make it into a career, it can kind of, you can kind of get away from that. So mm-hmm. being able to come back to it yeah. and allow it to help you in that way is really... That, that's one thing that really became clear to me in the writing was that it did really remind me of why I started writing music as a child mm-hmm. in the first place was like a coping mechanism. Right, just a process. A, 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 of, yeah, feelings. a form of expression mm-hmm. and, and a self-soothing mechanism. So that was really present for me in this song, which is why you'll never hear it. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> never say never. Uh, yeah, never say never. It was, it was kind of nice to recreate those sets of circumstances because in no way was I thinking about like what it will be. It yeah. Like, well, mm-hmm. how will I record this? Will I record this? Will I perform this? It's like, no, this is just like part of my process. This is like truly like an act of mental health mm-hmm. maintenance. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Nice. Karen, how about you? What's one creative thing you did this week? Yeah. So as the listeners probably gathered, I'm having a hard time with these creative things of the week. My headspace is not very creative these days. And I've been thinking a lot about, you know, as we've been talking in these episodes this season, we've been talking about the whole point of the podcast is what creativity is, what it means and how how we nurture it and access it. And the more we talk about it, the more I realize it really is a process. It's not it's a practice, right? It's not like a trait. It's not something that you embody or have or don't have. And there's elements to it, I think. And the element that I'm in right now, I think, is just kind of trying to find like creative inspiration and doing things that are maybe not really like channeling my own creativity, but like seeking it out in other things. So anyway, the thing that I came up with for this week is that I picked up my guitar again for the first time in like months because I've been on and off trying to learn guitar. I'm mm. not very good, but I heard Leve's new album. Have yes, I, have love you? it. It's so good. I love her. I know. She's so yeah. good. And yeah, just came out with this amazing album, which will be my creative recommendation of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of her songs, oh shoot, what is it? It's a letter to my, my 13 year old self. self. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's just beautiful. It's just like voice and guitar. And I was like, oh, I really would love to play that on the guitar. Mm. So picked it up and I'm still working on it, but but it was a good, you know, good way to get back into it and get in, inspired and yeah. excited about it. And yeah, I think like, you know, skill building and trying new instruments, new musical avenues helps to keep things fresh and new and exciting. So I've never brought this up before on the pod and I forgot about it just now until you were talking. But a comedian that I really like, Eliza Schlesinger, talks about the incubation period. Mm. Um, So kind of divorcing ourselves from thinking about creativity as like a static state, although I think it is really important to practice your creativity, practice the skills, being conscious of when you are in that incubation period, you know, where Mm -hmm. you're, like you said, gathering inspiration and you're looking outside of your regular channels Mm -hmm. to harness that creative energy again and, and be open to you know, letting that inspiration flow through you. So I think that's a nice way of thinking about it when you aren't necessarily feeling creatively productive, like you're making things, just being aware like, oh, I'm in an incubation season and just kind of allowing that to Mm -hmm. be 
Cool. That's yeah. a great way to think yeah. about it. That makes me feel a lot better <laughs> about where I'm at. So great. Yeah. Yeah. I think she just Thanks, mentioned Eliza. that kind of like offhandedly in mm. an episode of her podcast ages ago. And it's something that stuck with me, but I often forget. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's for anyone else who's feeling a bit of that slump still from the summer. You're just kind of picking yourself up and getting things moving in the fall, taking the load off or that pressure off of yourself and like, okay, I can incubate. I can like Mm. let things percolate. Right. Get the ideas and get that motivation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Amanda, what role does creativity play in your life right now? Right now... I think I, I think it's a pretty big role. I think it's a pretty based on your bio. I think it's a pretty lead role. <laughs> it's the leading yeah. lady right of your now. Life. But it's all. I mean, talking about the incubation period, there's sometimes it's in the lulls, but it's still a major player. I feel like most of the things that I do right now, or the things that I find fulfilling, are creative. Is there yeah. is there something about your creativity that people might not know if they know you through your artwork? Ooh. Like something that you're maybe interested in as a hobby that's totally different than what you put out. Or if it's like something about your process that's like, oh, that's kind of maybe people don't know that I write all of my songs in the shower or something, you know? <laughs> wow, something what deep a like that. <laughs> you know what? That's true. <laughs> well, I, re- I rarely sing in the shower. I will say mm-hmm. that. Oh. I don't know if people would assume I'm <laughs> I That no, surprised me. I, I was no, like, wow. Yeah. Really? Oh. <laughs> like, this is not the place. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I like to be alone a lot. And I think that, like, surprises people often because I think I, I, think I have an outgoing output. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got a very, like, warm, welcoming, bubbly, oh, optimistic <laughs> yes. personality. But that doesn't necessarily mean... And often doesn't mean that someone is extrovert or, yeah. yeah. Mm, Do you consider yourself pretty introverted? Yeah. And especially like creativity wise, it's hard. I love collaborating with people after a certain stage, Mm -hmm. but in the the building of Mm -hmm. a creative project, I find it most engaging to be alone. Yeah. And like anytime someone mentions a jam or co-writing or something like that, like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I yes. feel the same. No. Oh my gosh. It took me a long, long time to open myself up to that. I'm still, that's still like a weak point for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why improvisation has been so challenging for me yeah. too. Yeah. That's I'm the always... same way, like most of my creative output and like uh, music wise, yeah. especially uh, songwriting is definitely yeah. like a solo endeavor, but it is, um, it is really really cool to be able to collaborate I I respect that so much people who can co-write but Mm -hmm. yeah yeah certainly a different process very different and I think as well in theater projects that I've built it always stems from a from an alone space and then there's a, a certain time where it where I go okay this is now I need to open it similarly in songwriting too where I write the song and then once it's kind of in the preliminary demo phase, right. then that's that's a time where I open. And then like f- so fulfilling to be able to collaborate with other people and other brains on it from there. But how far do you get in the songwriting? Are Like are you thinking arrangements? Are you thinking of the instrumentation when you're writing? And before you collaborate, do you have a pretty clear idea of what you want the song to be? Yeah, yeah. 
Well, for this first album, I did the arrangements. And then once people were playing on it and we were rehearsing, then there were, became some alterations. Right. But now I find when I'm writing, I'll kind of have an idea of, of what the arrangement is. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. And you were saying before we started recording that you don't have a very good theory. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry How to put you on blast here. <laughs> singing in the shower and she doesn't know theory. No, I'm just kidding. What kind of musician yeah. are you? Doesn't sing in not the shower? You mean, that's crazy. But, Juno uh, nominated not real musician. Not a real. I lip sync every every gig. I'm not actually playing the, the keyboard. That's like real pop star just behavior. A face. Yeah, you are the, you are the uh, face. The, the, what do they call that? You know, you're like the, the model. Mil- of the Millie Vanilli? Oh, oh. yeah. Oh. <laughs> You and Millie Vanilli, ma'am. Wow. That's a whole other level. Yeah. 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 Anyway, sorry. Let's, sorry. let's go back to what you're <laughs> what saying. What was I Karen. saying? <laughs> you're saying our, pre, our pre-interview chat, we were talking oh, about yes. music theory yeah. and like kind of gaps in knowledge and whatnot. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so you're saying, you know, you go off of ear, right? Which is, I think, amazing. Like that's something I want to do more of because I can get stuck in just the rhyme or reason of things. Mm. What is that process like? Like, is it, does it take a long time for you to find what you're looking for do you have it in your head and you just are for able arranging to, yeah for arranging and yeah. even just like the basic songwriting getting a chord progression oh i go by i go by ear and i go by shapes everyone's like well man this sucks no. man, it doesn't even know it well, we can cut this out we can cut this out if you if you don't uh don't want to be known for your Ear and ear and shapes. <laughs> I did. I did have some theory background that I is tucked away yeah. and buried in piles in my brain. But I'm sure it's there. Yeah, it's somewhere there. I'm sure it like comes out, you know, in a more organic sort of way. Maybe. Yeah. You know, I think the thing to remember with music theory too is that the music existed before music theory existed. So really, the use of music theory is to explain why something works. Yeah, yeah. So you have that knowledge built into you, built into your intuition and your ear. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't really matter. You know, someone could look Mm -hmm. at your songs afterwards and analyze them theoretically, but that's not how, usually that's not how songwriters work anyway yeah so it doesn't it doesn't detract from (laughs) your music whatsoever to call you out of no 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 yeah i I swear i love this yeah i I actually i listened to your album and i'm like jealous like i'm like i want to write like that like that's exactly the kind of writing that i love and yeah that i'm actually jealous of like i can appreciate a lot of people's music but i was like i wish i had done that oh my god (laughs) which which i am not just saying because i just called you out (laughs) but Uh, no i it i i wonder like i'm just assuming i feel like my music education background is kind of it holds me back sometimes from fully just like Mm. releasing and like kind of like we were just talking about with your creative thing of just allowing it to come out and allowing you know having that sort of approach and it can be kind of stifling and a little limiting I mean it gives you a lot of possibilities when you understand that side of music but it can also just yeah it can kind of box you in yeah right and so I'm yeah just curious 
I'm, I'm really curious how, how you go about your process of starting a song like from the from the beginning, the song yeah. seed, and then how you go from there. It, it depends on the song, but often I'll have a, a lyric plus a melody hook mm-hmm. in my head as I'm walking by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been singing um, <laughs> Awkward Bodies oh. <laughs> for like the last three days, oh. just like... Do do do. <laughs> so catchy. <laughs> so I'll kind I'll usually start from there and then I'll I'll sit at the keys and plunk it out and then expand it from there with both lyrics and melody and keyboard part all together. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's I start from the keys and I have a progression that I like and then I build from there. I ne- I'm never starting from lyrics first, oh, which is like lyrics is something that now I'm like, oh, yeah, I could I could write a quirky lyric. But <laughs> gr- like that was the part that kind of I only kind of really started writing songs in 2019. Whoa, mm, that blows wow. my mind. Your, <laughs> your songs are amazing. Oh, thanks. Yeah. But because I, in my head, that's where you started from is lyrics. Oh. And I never considered myself. A I think I wrote one song when I was when I was 16 and it was like a dumb love song. <laughs> and I was like, that's not, I'm not cut out for this. <laughs> lyrics are hard and I'm not good at them. So I don't do this. <laughs> I mean, lyrics are hard. They're the, yeah. the hardest part. Lyrics I are find hard. the hardest part. It's so hard to like find your voice and to have it feel authentic I yeah I feel like if I am trying too hard it sounds pretentious and then if I don't try and just try to be off the cuff it sounds really stupid you know well I wanted to I don't necessarily have a question in Mm. here yet but I really really love your song sorry that you Mm. released in April yeah it's a single right yeah it's Uh, on the album but okay okay I'm so fascinated by the fact that when you said that songwriting came relatively recently or like writing lyrics because I was so taken aback by how how you were able to strike this balance of being so specific and authentic and vulnerable and honest in a way that felt so safe for the listener. Sometimes when mm. lyrics can be coming from such a real place, it can feel almost a little uncomfortable, like reading someone's diary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but a masterful songwriter is able to bring you into their experience and you're able to just access that point of view and the emotion and it feels totally comfortable. It, like op- It's like reading a book. Mm-hmm. like opening your eyes so I'm like dumbfounded <laughs> by, oh. by by that we that, really, that lyrics have that. been cha- like maybe cha- more challenging for you because you've mm-hmm. really struck such a a fine balance like yeah I'm just really I don't know how to like I'm just saying the same thing over and over <laughs> again but I was so struck by the lyrics in that song mm-hmm. and in many of your songs um, but particularly that one because you were touching on like some really real world experiences Mm -hmm. that that happen for people more than just you. You know, Mm -hmm. it's obviously personal experience. You're drawing from personal experience, but you're talking about like representation and stereotypes. And well, I'm also making my own assumptions, Mm. but yeah, like having to apologize for yourself in the world taking up space and yeah I, I hope that's what it was about and I'm yeah, not yeah. just like, I, no, you got it. yeah yeah, <laughs> you got it. yeah yeah anyway it was just really masterfully done 
I would love to like dive into that a little bit, maybe about that song, like, or maybe you could just tell us a little bit about that song. I think another thing, sorry, I'm so rambly, but (laughs) the other thing that I think really makes that song so poignant is the fact that it is just you and the guitar. Mm. So the lyricism really shines in that song. Yeah, Yeah. that was the, the one on the album that I wanted tracked live together guitar and were you, and voice you were playing and, and singing at the same yeah. time that oh wow it sounds um, so good okay. yeah because that one is a very much like a, a storytelling song and it kind of to go back to that other combo about lyrics is that i i think i i was insecure about lyric writing prior to even beginning to write songs but i think i found a place in it now where it is just kind of I use a lot of mundane pedestrian language instead of poetic, broad, metaphorical language. Right, trying to language, be too flowery. Which, yeah, which before I thought that's what songwriting is, is you have to be a poet, mm-hmm. which now I'm like, maybe I am a poet who just uses, I don't want to go to a party yeah. as a lyric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that is a lyric and it can be. So I, I kind of came to this, oh, right, like if I write, songs with how I speak that actually informs the theme of the song it informs the rhythm of it Mm -hmm. which then informs the melody of it so it kind of all unravels because I think a good example of that is one like my very first song group think I think I started writing the verses first where I say never really got how we went from Margaret to Peggy the nickname and like (laughs) how I say that rhythmically as a sentence is how it is in the song mm. never really got how i'm thinking thinking we went from da, 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 and then it so i think rhythmically like how i speak is then what ends up being in the song a lot and that i think the two things that you said there are really key for why it works so well is because you are being so authentic to like one the sentiment like not trying to ornament mm overly ornament your sentiment or your intention like just letting it be true yeah um not feeling the need to like disguise it or elevate it unnecessarily and then also having the delivery be so natural Mm -hmm. and that the strength of that calls to mind contemporary musical theater Mm. I feel like musical theater strikes that balance as I was saying before of that authenticity vulnerability but like letting the audience get into the story of it and not feeling uncomfortable by Mm. that Mm -hmm. so would you say that like your I don't know a whole lot about your past experience with musical theater like obviously that's something that you're embarking on right now did you grow up doing musical theater at all or um I actually have like quite an aversion to musical theater (laughs) right Uh, sure where, well... I think that's why I wanted to like yeah. preface that with contemporary musical theater. Because yes. it's something that's kind of evolved in the yes, last like absolutely. five to ten years mm-hmm. of like the style. Where the style of music in musical theater has yeah. become a lot more sort of like contemporary mm-hmm. or pop-oriented. Yeah, totally. Like you can songwriter hear some of them on the radio. And exactly. Be, yeah. 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 So with, I mean, I, I grew up going to a lot of musicals and in in high school I was in both band and choir and then I did the drama program in my last two years at high school and then I went into theater school for Mm post-secondary at SFU which is an 
everyone's shocked that SFU has a theater program still. <laughs> like, I was surprised still, when like, you told me that. Everyone's like, like whoa. <laughs> um, and it's because, like, it's not like a, a theater program in which they, like, teach you how to be an actor and they tell you to, they send you off to oh, be doing okay. acting. But it's more a program in which they give you the tools to then, once you graduate, you're making your own work. Oh, and it's this, okay. like, exper- like, focus on devised theater. And Interesting. So, so did you know that going into it was that a very intentional choice yeah because as well I think the the kind of work that I was lucky to be a part of in school and where I what I was making there's always a question around in theater building that is like why is this important right now and what does this matter Mm -hmm. which I think watching some classical musical theater pieces oftentimes I think why does this matter (laughs) yeah is it just like sure it's fun and flashy and that could be it there's nothing wrong with wanting to go to something that's fun and flashy and it's great but then I'm like why is this important why are like why are we perpetuating the patriarchy and heteronormativity (laughs) and like what and how women are treated and like why why Mm -hmm. so that's always a question that I was asking in building new theater pieces, which then I wanted to kind of take and project onto music making. I don't want to, if this song is just fun and flashy, flashy yeah. what, like what's the, what's the thesis of it? What's the root of it? And what's right. the question that I'm asking or that someone will ask out of that, mm-hmm. whether they ask it of themselves or whether they, they ask it of me and like what, why, what's the importance of this song right now? That's a great place to draw from, I think. That's a really good thing to just have in the back of your mind and something that I think a lot of people could do more of <laughs> just in just in general, just like in what you say, you know, but <laughs> yeah. definitely in, in art as well, just like having it. And you're right, like there's nothing wrong. Like, there's, it's valid to have something that's fun and flashy. And that is the point, right? To, to make people maybe feel fun sure, and flashy, yeah. right? Yeah. But if that's not true to you, right, like what you want to portray, I think that's super important to be able to figure that out and to imbue that in every song that you put out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the thing that's so cool, too, is for me, there's plenty of times where I'm just writing like a love song or heartbreak song. And it's not necessarily adding anything to the narrative, whereas Mm. with a lot of your songs, like you've got such a distinct, like you're not shying away from your perspective and your lived experience and you're exploring topics that are harder to talk about and to put into music. The question of why is this important is so, it's so obvious to me. It's like, yeah, this is like adding to the conversation. Mm -hmm. This is, yeah, giving representation and like calling out some toxic (laughs) like things in in some circumstances or even just like in that song like saying like you didn't have representation that's so cool to hear about in a song yeah 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 and I think too going back to the sounds of it of how like how it's some of my songs can sound like contemporary musical theater I think and I've, I've heard people have said that to me before where I think because of the experiences that I've had in theater as well it's kind of inherent that things kind of seep together and the theater work that I'm making has a lot of music elements to it and the music that I'm making has a lot of theatrical elements to it, be it in the presentation of it or in the actual writing of it. And that is always exciting to me when those disciplines start to 
intertwine with like film and dance and visual art too how like everything bleeds into each other and that's where it becomes really exciting for me and yeah. to me the sound of your mu- sorry to go on again but just to clarify just for 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 myself i don't actually think your music sounds like contemporary musical theater i could see maybe mm-hmm. some elements but it's really about the quality of being able to deliver the lyricism as you do mm-hmm. yeah that's i just want to clarify my <laughs> my compliments is like because to me your music sounds a lot more like yeah just contemporary in general like I'm hearing uh like kind of R&B influences and and jazz and singer songwriter kind of thing yeah not so much contemporary musical theater as the genre yeah yeah gotcha. that's all gotcha. <laughs> genres are, are so hard to so I hard. don't I couldn't tell you what genre yeah yeah I yeah. I struggle with that with my bad all the yeah. time people are like what kind of music i'm like i don't know music <laughs> it's music recorded it's music, music yeah. and live music <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's it that's that's, that's it. the two categories <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah oh my gosh yeah, so just like you were saying, like your theater projects, your music projects, and then m- music video or like film project, uh-huh. they're all kind of feeding each other and bleeding into each other. Your video mm-hmm. was very much like a short film. Yeah. Can you go into like the making of that and even like the conception and the process of that? Yeah, so different than before. That yes, different than before. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it kind of started because I'd sung that song on an online concert in August 2020, which I did duo with Jamie Lee. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. <laughs> Jamie Lee. Jamie helped paint my bathroom. Oh, she was one of those. Nice. Wow. One of the painters. <laughs> That's cute. I sang that song on an online show and I talked about the song, which it, I wrote it in, in May of that year. It's also um, a really beautiful and poignant song. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Similar that, big, like big theme. Sorry, I'll let you talk about it. <laughs> no, no, you probably will. I'm not very articulate. I feel. Yeah, I wrote it from all of these Asian hate crimes that had surfaced, especially in that time. Mm-hmm. Like, through, yeah, throughout the pandemic. That was, I guess, kind of the beginning of like, isolation and yeah. where it really got yeah. really scary. And Vancouver was was the heart of where a lot of these hate crimes were yeah. happening. So I wrote that song around this idea of wanting a change, but knowing that it wasn't going to happen right away. Mm-hmm. And then kind of working towards a day where we don't have to live in fear while doing our mundane activities of riding a bike or going for a walk or whatever else mm-hmm. I say in there. Yeah, so I wrote, I had talked about that song and and sung it. And then Mayumi Yoshida, who had directed my first music video, Group Think, which we were just about to release, was watching that online concert and she was like, dibs on that song for our next thing. And I was like, great, cool to have a zero money to record it, let alone do a music video. So yes, but (laughs) it's going to be a while. See you in a few years. (laughs) So yeah, so then... We talked about it, but that was at the time where I was writing grants to get money to do the album. And so visuals and music videos was like... Sec- yeah, that was that. a long road. Yeah. So we talked about it. And then through 2021, we talked about it and kind of made some loose plans. And once I got the money 
to do the album, then I knew that the song would actually be a thing so that we could actually work towards making a video for that. Mm -hmm. And so we applied for some other funding to do it. And yeah, we talked about that concept quite a bit. I love working with Mayumi and, and doing my first music video with her group think was such a learning experience and I had never put out a song before had never done a music video before so mm -hmm. having her be at my side with that was so helpful did she have quite a bit of experience with music videos no and, okay first music video okay yeah so then we kind of created a rhythm of how we collaborate and it's really interesting to me now hearing about other artists who choose to step away and have the director okay. do the concepts and They're just removed from the like yeah. creative idea yeah but I'm like respect to that I can't I but I'm I'm so like <laughs> I I want I want in I it's want in and Virgo I want energy. yeah it's the Virgo <laughs> yeah uh so yeah so we we're very tag team on that I wanted it to be about what the song is but not too on the nose so we kind of framed it with this Asian dad who like typically in the media has this stereotype of being a strict and stern man. But we wanted to give him life to kind of like be colorful, be flamboyant, be a rock star and also be yearning for a world which is safe for his daughters to grow up mm. in and in his own way be able to articulate how to get there. So that's where that concept came out of and uh, we paired up with Boldly Production Studio. We built a, a beautiful team and cast and yeah, biggest project I've ever <laughs> I've been a part of. I and can't then, even yeah. imagine. Yeah. Like, well, I, just the quality of the music video, like yeah. listeners, like please go check it out different than before. You can find it YouTube anywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it truly is like a short film. It's so cool. Like, and the quality Thank is just is such high quality, really great acting yeah. as well. Yeah. And it yeah. really yeah. also, I mean, it just does the song so much justice too. Like it's so fitting with the song, obviously you know it it is what the song is kind of about right yeah. but it really like elevates the message and yeah it's just it's so beautiful it's such a beautiful music video and piece of art honestly so we love you amanda yeah <laughs> we're, like, we're such fangirls yeah. oh my god <laughs> i'm like this wow this is yeah. this is just all so good yeah. it's just so good <laughs> So taking a bit of a different turn here, just kind of diving into another element of your performance and your creativity and collaboration. Like we said in your bio, you endeavored to collaborate with a, a team of all women, mm -hmm. mostly all Asian yeah. women. The band is all band Asian is all women. women. Yeah. Obviously, we know why that would be important, but I think it, it still is worth it to talk yeah. about it and, and talk about the process of finding your collaborators, why you went into, especially as like a, a newer musician, like, like going into being really intentional about your team. Can you talk about that yeah. a little bit? That was kind of the reason why I wanted to start putting out music is that it, it had been a hobby. I had been writing these songs. And so my first step into recording the first three singles before the album, who then we used the same team. But that was important to me to because I was new to it. I thought, well, if this is something like I don't want to be writing about these things that I'm questioning about identity, whether it's being young or being Asian or being a woman or 
all three and then have the team behind it be something totally different Mm -hmm. it just didn't make sense to me yeah cognitive dissonance if if that were the case for sure and even though like in a discipline like music if I were to put out and release something probably no one would clock it Mm -hmm. but like for me knowing oh a team of white dudes helped me make this but I'm talking about how to question what my placement is in this world mm-hmm. specifically and what's in, important to you yeah and understanding the need for more representation so, yeah. you know like what if there's opportunity to give other women or other asian women platform to yeah. showcase their talents yeah yeah that was a big thing too because i think a lot in the the given stereotype of asian women is that they're we're timid and we're easily manipulated and meek maybe meek yeah don't speak for themselves which to be honest sometimes i am sometimes we all are and within that, like the kind of the, the heart of that, I'm like, oh, yeah, we often get talked over and we are often not heard and listened to. And so when I got my first grants to make this or make the first singles and make the album in my head, I it only made sense that if I was given the opportunity to make something that people would listen to and hear. It just makes sense that I share that with other people who have been waiting mm-hmm. and to I'm be heard. Sh- yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm sure that knowing that your project is in the hands of those people that you want to, yeah. li- like you, you will share that excitement and passion for the project, right? And it can also act to like really, you know, motivate and yeah. inspire you guys to to make it as good as possible and yeah. to really be able to collaborate, right, with people that you think will feel similarly, right? There's like a comfort and a care and also an excitement there mm-hmm. that's really important when you're making any kind of art, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was really important for that first album and those singles that came before it to really kind of show myself that I could do that and I could put mm-hmm. that together. And and I knew as well, like, this doesn't mean I'm never going to work with ever, anyone else. Like, I, I'm open to working <laughs> with other people. And I, I have been at the, the reason why I say that is because I felt that people are like, oh, she won't work with me because I'm a... Mm, you know Mm -hmm. where i'm like no no i will i just wanted to know that like for my first thing i can Mm -hmm. i can do that and that's like important right now and that's pretty cool too yeah and i think kind of going along like as i continue to make music and record music that's still there and that's still a thing that I'm thinking about all the time and I'm also just thinking about as I write about different themes and expand into different thought processes just to make sure that then the people who are helping me build it reflect whatever theme that is so if I'm not always writing about you know an identity piece then yeah being fluid with it and being Mm -hmm. intentional I think that's the biggest thing is just not being stuck in one identity per se but but being able to inhabit the multiplicity of your experience yeah yeah Yeah. and so when you were building your team did you know all of your musicians and did you know everyone beforehand how did you connect with everyone I had met Emily Millard on a workshop of a new music musical concert we were both singing on it and 
So we had worked with each other on this workshop and and I knew this grant was coming up and you had to apply with a producer, which like, yeah, I had no experience whatsoever. <laughs> and in that, I thought if I'm coming to something new, I want it to be with a, a woman because I know I'm going to not know many things and I am not strong enough to be talked down <laughs> to or yeah. feel stupid asking a stupid question. Like yeah. it's, I yeah. just need someone who will be open and, and respectful, respectful yeah, yeah. give you a safe to where I am. space. Yeah. yeah. And she is an incredible musician and she had done a lot of self-producing, but she was looking to start producing for other people. So it was kind of a perfect match. We built a team from there. And when I started making the arrangements, I would run them by her and then she would say, okay, what? who do you think you want to play and at that time, I expressed to her, I, I think, you know, who knows if we'll be able to get this, but I, I would love to have an all-Asian girl band. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, she had known some people. And then I honestly crept Capilano. <laughs> <laughs> like one of those yeah. jazz yeah, guys Cap doing jazz it. Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's how you got you I mean, to do, do it. Yeah, that's how you do it, folks. a great resource. But you know what? I have a tip for them. Cap Jazz Instagram, oh, yeah? quick people. When they post a, like a big group thing, can they just tag their people? <laughs> I was like, oh, this person's awesome. Like, how am I supposed to find their name? So then I oh, go through okay, their yeah. followers, scroll, try to find, match the Whoa. profile picture. It's oh, full-time job for you. Uh, this is like, I'm, musical detective work. I, musical and social detective work. Yeah. I'm pretty good at it. If like... Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. Hot okay, tip. If, if anyone need, needs... Yeah. That's actually... Friends go to me if they like go on a date with someone and they know their first name and know so oh, i can you find all the dirt i can do, yeah you dig up all the dirt it's i can uh, it's which is skill. important you need a friend that can do that you know yeah. especially in the dating world because you I don't want to do no that yourself shame. but yeah you need a friend <laughs> yeah it's a bit uh it's a bit much i think you know like <laughs> Don't overuse me on that because I could. It could be. Yeah, we don't want to. We crazy. also don't. We also don't want to put you in in uh, <laughs> in harm's way at all of like being the go-to <laughs> detective. The that's you know your side hustle. My side hustle. Yeah. Hey, I need yeah. a job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Music does not pay. Guys. It does not. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I found found the band through mutual friends and through creeping and stalking and that's amazing um, yeah no I was just gonna say that's really cool again that that was the intention <clears throat> and you made that important it kind of harkens back to what you were saying about what you learned in theater school of just asking yeah. why am I doing this what what's the message yeah. here and just sticking true to that it seems like every step that you take has that and there was around. there's some like sensitivity too in there where I know that I felt when I was hired on a variety of projects where I'm like, am I only here because I'm your mm. diversity hire? Or am I like, are you putting me in this role so that you could say, check, check a box. Off? Yeah. yeah. So even in my like creepy stock, non-creepy stocking, and in the reaching out, it wasn't like, Oh, I see you are this. Let's. Mm -hmm. it, it. I was coming from a place where I felt if I were to be reached out for this kind of project, 
it was knowing the full intention and not mm. saying, oh, you look like me. Let's try this. But also it probably, I mean, it's probably very different if you're approached by someone who is coming from the same place as you versus like if you are the Asian represent, like the token Asian person being approached by a team of like white people, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's totally, it's a totally. very different, very different vibe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you and I actually met for the first time at Jamie, friend of the pod. <laughs> Jamie's the link. Every time, every time. In case you forgot, <laughs> go check it, go check out Jamie's episode, uh, season one, episode six, I believe. Six, sure, yeah. sure. Uh, the one that has Jamie's name on it. So uh, we met at Jamie's studio, and you and Jamie were recording together, and you're actually recording a song. Yes. Do you want to go into that a little bit? I mean, we're just doing it for fun right now. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> we're doing it for, we're trying things out mm -hmm. for recording a demo. And, and Jamie played with you on the yeah. on your album, yeah. on your singles. And this was our first time meeting. Yes. I kind of walked in. You were finishing up your day. You guys were, I don't know, I, for, I think we were working on like maybe a piano part or something. Yeah. And you had actually, it's a song that you wrote about Olivia. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Who is part of your team. Yeah. Yeah. And Olivia is an audio engineer in Vancouver. I, I never had the pleasure of meeting Olivia, but she worked at Monarch. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately passed away last, last summer, summer. Last summer yeah. July. And obviously she worked on your project, on your album as an, the engineer. Engineer and mixer. And mixer. Yeah. And so you were writing a song for Olivia and kind of exploring, I imagine exploring grief, like in your own processing. Is that, well, one, how has that been for you and, and as a person, as an yeah. artist, as a friend, but also like what has that songwriting and that creative process and the recording process brought to your experience of grief? So yeah, Olivia did all, uh, kind of the only experience I have in recording w was with her. And, and after our first three singles, kind of before the album, and through the album, we became very close friends. So I think this whole process has been a very complex balance of community grieving with personal grieving, with working through trauma of, I, I, we had hung out the morning that she passed away and I, I was the last person to see her. And so like so complex in that I'm like whoa here I am but she passed away a couple months before the album came out and so I was like just trying to ground myself of what it is to lose one of your closest friends while also trying to put out an album that she worked on where like that's where kind of our, our friendship bloomed out of and so that it's like just a year now a year ago that the album came out and I still think, whoa, like the context that I know how to put out an album is just like layered in sorrow and fear and grief and some joy and some melancholy. And I like still can't wrap my head around it sometimes how that happened because building the album, she was like my co-captain on running by all the cover images and just like 
how saturated she was in my work and in my life. So yeah, and I, I don't know if necessarily I would have been as public about how I was processing things had she not been a part of the Such album. Such a huge part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like... I, there are so many times where I'm like, I just need to feel this in in me right now of losing a friend. But if I didn't acknowledge it on a album post, it felt wrong. But if I did, mm-hmm. it felt wrong. Everything felt. So there was a moment where I was like, nothing is wrong. Like nothing I say is there's no right or wrong here. Mm-hmm. I just have to let people in on where I'm at. And that'll be like, that's all I can do. Yeah, there is no right way to grieve and there's no right way to honor someone or to, to yeah. you know, because it's, yeah, there's, there's, it's just a tragedy and it's so, I mean, she passed away of an aneurysm or br- yeah, brain, brain bleed, bleed. Yeah. very like, very suddenly and there's just no, yeah, there's, there's no, no way except your way and yeah, what, whatever is true for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that kind of really made me, like my relationship to music, very complex right now, yeah. especially in regards to recording. And I've, I've written a lot of music, but then I, I get in this place of, oh, if, if I record something new and I put it out, then like that, I don't want to, I don't want to let go of what we did. And if, is this just me like moving on or what? Like it's just enwrapped in so many feelings. And I did write a song for her, which I recorded at Monarch with Eric Nielsen, her partner. The song I was working on with Jamie is a song about just how grief affects everything in my Mm -hmm. life, including dating. (laughs) So that's the one where... I was working with Jamie on because I think now so like uh, recording I'm like who do I who do I work with who like how do I move move through this even just in your own life like I'm I'm yeah I'm remembering a lyric that struck me that I heard in that recording that said and again this was from a month or two ago so I might not be regurgitating it back properly but it was something about like you're older than she was now Uh uh-huh is that i don't know if i'm remembering Um, that exactly in that one i was saying i i'm the age that she was oh i'm the age yeah so just kind of like always measuring your life and and life after yeah from your experience with the person that you've lost and just yeah it's just like you said, I can only imagine the complexity. Just losing a friend suddenly like that at such a young age. Yeah. And somebody that you collaborated with on top so closely. Yeah. It's just, yeah. What would you say continuing your creative journey? Is there anything that you that's maybe been helpful or that's surprised you in this in, in using creativity to process? Yeah, I think I've written many songs that I would not have written had this not happened. And yeah, just pinpointing feelings where like in grief, I'm like, have felt the low lows, but then I felt it's like extremes Mm -hmm. where I was scared to feel happy. But when I did, I felt like, 
way too happy. And I thought, <laughs> how, what is, where, you're just like riding the tops and bottoms of the capacity of your emotions, mm-hmm. which I hadn't been in those places before. And so like songs coming out of that have been shocking to me. And then here I am like putting in grants to write or to record these songs and that had brought me a lot of distress because then like putting together a new team where I think oh if if she were here I would just know who to know where to go who Mm -hmm. did so that like really made it come up again me thinking oh I wish I could just do this slowly and didn't have to ask for money to do this and like I wish I could just do it and then I I'm like she would be like, Amanda, get that money. <laughs> so I think about like, yeah, I think I think about her every day in in like all these mundane things too. Where so that song with Jamie is like, she was my person of riding along my my dating car. Right. <laughs> like any date that I'd go on, I'd be texting her when I got there. She she would help me pick out my outfit. I'd text her when I got home. So like in that regard, dating to me now is still like uh, what? Like how I'm still unlearning or relearning that is a new way of these mundane things without a very mm-hmm. prominent person in my life or like any any work thing is different without everything is different because she was so a part of a part of my life. So, I'm working on an EP right now. An album will follow and that album is to do with grief and loss and in that like with the themes of that, it it's important to me now to build a team there who will be able to support that and kind of hold that yeah, and, space. and maybe also the component that you said earlier, like the community grief, like giving, and I don't know if this is the intention or not, but being able to work with people maybe who knew Olivia as well, or, or at least yeah. like where you can relate on that level yeah. of working in, in honor of her and in honor of your relationship too. Yeah. I imagine it's just really complicated. <laughs> like Very just, complicated, yeah. very complicated. And also trying to articulate these, songs within a asking for money grant writing <laughs> realm is just so tricky mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think like in the time of putting out the album there were some interviews that i did and like i still it was such a blur those moments yeah. where uh, i was in like shock and denial and everything and like i did not expect for me to be writing a sp- speech and song for her at the release concert which she should have been at and instead I was doing that and like I still can't believe it sometimes but I had done some interviews and they would like spring an Olivia question on me and then I would start crying and and then they put out an article where it was like Amanda some debut album and the death of a collaborator and I was like mm, no like- this is it made me so upset because I thought that's where I'm I'm not we're not using this mm-hmm. as a as a clickbait thing this is just something that's happened in my life and like 
for the Vancouver Sun to be like, like news, news right? No. And then that made me so insecure of still to this day how I talk about it in a way that like I don't want people to be like Amanda is victimizing herself so that more mm. people will listen to like because it's but because that had happened it made me hyper aware of it of the the publicness of it yeah yeah and having uh, to yeah be a public person in well I mean you know uh, as a musician is you know like getting and getting more attention from your music like getting more recognition like from larger institutions or whatever it is and and having to form as yourself in the midst of all of that grief like that must have just yeah. been so challenging Still is. Still, still, <laughs> still is. Yeah, it's yeah. not been very long. Yeah. yeah. And even like these amazing things that have happened this year of of like going to the Junos and like this South by Southwest award and prison prize, like things that are, in, I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. But these <laughs> things where I'm like, oh, like the minute that I got the call of, oh, you, the Juno thing might happen, I... Like the first thing I did was sit down and journal and wrote to Olivia because I'm I like couldn't feel joy about it, even though it was like so exciting. But I thought, no, you're not here to like then this is a song that she worked on, too. And I thought, whoa, you're not like you're not here to share this. Mm -hmm. So these big things like I keep making small so that I like don't feel too much joy of it. Yeah. And then such small things become like so big. And I'm like, oh, why am I crying over why my shirt looks like this today? Like small (laughs) things become big and big things become so small. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just still an ongoing process. And it will be, right? Like it just will be. Grief never really goes away. It just changes and and you learn how to live in this new normal. but, But also you know, it's a new normal that you don't, you don't want, right? No. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a, such a challenging and ongoing thing and, and emotions, especially when you are, you know, achieving so much in a space where you should be achieving them together is going to be so complicated, but all you can do is like honor your feelings as well yeah. and recognize that they are, they're your feelings and and they're real and valid. And again, going back to what you said about why am I doing this? Yeah. And just being true to yourself, right? And true to Olivia and what she, what you know she would have wanted of you and of your work together. Yeah, it's very special that we have that Mm -hmm. album. And it's funny because I'm like, oh, this, sure, like this is the publicness of, what we've worked together in our friendship but like I know that there's more to it yeah that I that I'm the public gets that and that feels like this goes back to songwriting for just yourself where there are things that I know are just ours and mine and what I share with her and then there's this this whole album where like I can share that with everyone Mm -hmm. yeah intellectually we all know as people we're going to experience grief and you just never expect that it's going to be one of it could be one of your peers one of your friends I think that's another layer of like complication and experiencing that grief is just not necessarily having a lot of context for it 
and just and never being prepared for it. Yeah, right? just never yeah. being prepared yeah. for it. You a, can't prepare for how it will, how it will affect you, and also just the how how it affects everything. Right? Yeah. Like you don't realize how enmeshed you are with a person, or how even if even if maybe you're not as close, like obviously you two are very close, but even just, yeah, people are more enmeshed with each other than we really realize. And to to feel that loss, you, you just can't be prepared for you can't how it will come up and how you'll continue to to feel that loss in different ways. And I think about losing a friend and losing a peer is you're going through stages together when you are together. Mm-hmm. And off mic, we were talking to Amanda and we were talking about our friend Natasha who passed away in January of 2019. And uh, Karen and I graduated with Natasha. We went through the music program together. Mm-hmm. And though we weren't as close with um, Natasha as you are with Olivia, it's still hits you in in such a specific way when it's somebody who's close to your age or who you've gone through specific life stages with Mm -hmm, and moving forward I find that I wonder you know what would Natasha think of you know like for for whatever reason at the beginning of COVID I was like I wonder what how COVID would have like lockdown and stuff like I don't, you just wonder how yeah the, you how, wonder how they, how they would, they would react or what life. would be happening for them mm-hmm. and you also think of them when you reach milestones because you realize they're milestones that that person won't reach yeah but the beauty of having friends that you collaborate with and that you're creative with and friends who are creative themselves is their creative legacy and I think that as a creative recommendation from the three of us, we would recommend to listeners that they go explore some of that creative work that mm-hmm. that we have to honor friends and peers that we've lost. I'm sure listeners have some of their own, but if you haven't, I would love if you listen to Natasha's album. Mm-hmm. You can find it on Spotify or Apple Music and listen to Amanda's album and know that Olivia's hard work and passion and creativity went into that album. And then if there's and if there's, there's so many there's more so many more that yeah she's worked on can that, you can you that tell you us can, some that her, you could check her out her website's still up yeah <laughs> and all her disco- discography is that how you say that yeah, word discography. yeah you nailed it that's hard to say I realize as I put it it's out one of those Disc- words that you read disco- that you don't necessarily <laughs> yeah. say yeah um, yeah she's worked on so many so many really amazing projects and that's kind of the privilege and beauty of us working in this crazy industry of music is that we have things to refer to and mm-hmm. things that will exist beyond our lives too yeah. so just to think that oh friends that we've lost will will always have those recordings mm-hmm. that they've touched and that they've you you can hear them in in it yeah yeah, yeah it's really really special it is So with that, thank you so much for listening and please take good care of yourselves Mm -hmm. today. Please go listen to some beautiful music. And And thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you so much. This was like the most we laughed and cried in one one interview. That's what I'm here for, baby. (laughs) Let's feel the tops and bottoms. You know what? Amanda and I met 
a few months ago, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were asked to do a panel together with the arts club. And as soon as it was announced, I got multiple people messaging me going, you're going to love Amanda so much. And same, same, same. <laughs> and like people were shocked that we hadn't met yet. Yeah, yeah. I think also like when we got there, because immediately yeah. when we got there, I think you gave me a hug right away and I was just like, oh my God, I know this girl. Like, I, I, I like this. We, we know just, each other. We know each other. There's and we both this. bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> bullshit. 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 Say the, sure. the past tense or is it bullshitted? Bullshitted. bullshitted. <laughs> we'll start bullshit. I like bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, that's good. That feels right. <laughs> But we both, yeah, we both just People. completely winged it uh, with that panel. Yeah. Um, but I felt good because you were such a calming, like warm presence. And I felt like I knew you already. I think I like, when we said goodbye, I was like, I feel like I've known you a I long know. time. I <laughs> know. It's so re- reciprocal. It's all reciprocal. I feel the same way. Well, I feel like after listening to all your music and now having this chat as well, it really makes sense like that that presence is just in you it's it's very infectious and I really enjoyed having this talk with you and I've really loved listening to your music and just getting to know you as a person you're really special and great and so talented oh except zero theory (laughs) no no wait I have a dive like grade three no yeah no No. you know that's fine it's the not singing in the shower that I can that did it it for you that's the imposter yeah (laughs) no shower singing yeah (laughs) all right well with that listeners thank you so much thank you amanda thank you this has been vicarious i'm alex i'm karen and i'm amanda and we'll talk to you next time bye bye